0: Including asset allocation or diversification guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. you found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep and this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio and welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans.
1: Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth, a radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. My name is Jeff Shade and I'm just here to ask the questions, but of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the expert Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. Brian, how are you doing today?
2: Doing great. Thanks, Jeff.
1: Always glad to hear that. Brian, of course, hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Excited to be back on the radio talking about financial things with you. And we have got another great show lined up for us today. We're going to be talking about a lot of things, among them current events, in just a moment. But in the meantime, Brian, I noticed that the calendar flipped from August to September. Fall is finally upon us here in the Northwest. Of course, that means leaves turning color. It also means football season. How you feeling about the Seahawks this year?
2: Oh, I haven't been following them as much just because, uh, you know, the crowds are gone and all of that. Oh, I'm sure they'll have a, they, they seem like the most consistent team in all of football. You know, 10 or 11 wins every single year. <laughs> yeah. And then they run into a buzzsaw in the playoffs at yeah. some point because it's usually... A couple of teams, but oh, it should be interesting. Uh, but I, I honestly uh, don't spend too much time. Uh, you know, also my college football team. Actually, Cougars. I think it's a blessing being a Washington State Cougar fan. Sometimes when football season rolls around, <laughs> I know a lot of Huskies that live and die are people in the SEC. You know, it's all they do all all year <laughs> long. And I got news for you. Out of the 220 teams, 219 are going to be disappointed at the end of the year. <laughs> so I just don't put a lot, you know, I enjoy the games. I love the school spirit. Yeah. And I love everything about it. But, you know, if they lose, okay. I'm moving on with my day and my weekend. I'm not going to cry about it all week like a lot of football fans <laughs> end up doing.
1: Yeah, it is a big part of a lot of people's lives in the fall. And, of course, Seahawks fans, I think, are some of the best fans in the country. I see these Seahawks jerseys every place I go in the fall. That back in my home state, I mean, when it's Saturday, Ohio State University, those flags are just flying everywhere. But it is good to be in football season again. Fall is here. We're enjoying that. Looking for a good fourth quarter. Let's talk about the fourth quarter a little bit here and begin by talking about current events. Afghanistan still unfolding over there. Will the events in Afghanistan, do you think, affect us in this country insofar as the economy or the market goes?
2: Not really. Not really. Cause things are happening around the world all the time and uh, you always have to ask yourself how will this affect my investment in my passive real estate or how is this going to affect my top holdings being Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, Google, Facebook, Tesla, Johnson, Johnson, etc. And when you look at that, those companies, you know, certainly in the short term people can get tweaked and, and sell and the market can drop, but long-term it doesn't have a whole lot of effect positively or negatively on the actual components of the S&P 500 or your real estate or your annuities, your actual investments. It's more you feel bad about what's going on, and right. certainly for the people involved, very bad about that. But it's just not correlated. You know, we, we have this measure called uh, beta in the stock markets. It's a correlation between different things. So, for instance, the S and p 500's beta is 1.0. So that's the measure. If you got something that's really volatile and, and sensitive, even more than the S&P, then it's above 1%. And if the asset class moves not in unison with the S&P, it can be zero. So if it's just random, like bonds, bonds are close to a zero compared to the S&P at a one. And they you can have some things that are negatively correlated. So if the market goes up, this goes down and vice versa, maybe gold, gold would be negatively correlated to the market. So in, in retrospect to that, I would almost put in Afghanistan as a 0.1 on the mm-hmm. correlation, that little teeny bit of correlation. You know, if bad things happen in Afghanistan, the market might drop a little bit, somewhat correlated, but uh, not not highly correlated.
1: Where does the COVID virus, the lambda and the delta variant fall on this scale of yours? Certainly it does affect the supply chain. We're still having supply chain shortages.
2: Yeah, so back to economics 101, which unfortunately I think a lot of people in Congress didn't really pass uh, that <laughs> class because they keep you know I keep hearing oh, uh, oh inflation's going to go down when we borrow 3.2 trillion dollars to put it in the economy. I'm mm. like, nope. <laughs> that would be that would be the opposite of Wrong. what's going to yeah. happen. Pretty sure about that one. So one of the things about limiting supply chain and so forth, it's it's just the old supply and demand curve. If you have a limitation on supply and the demand is constant, prices go up. So whenever we hear about a supply chain disruption, you can pretty much count on prices going up because there's fewer goods available. So let's say that uh, it's cars and you got 100,000 people that want a particular car and they used to be able to supply them, and now they say, well, we only have 20,000 cars. Well, okay, if I raise my price 30%, I might lose 80,000 of those buyers, but now I have 20,000 buyers still willing to pay that at the higher price, and that's how many cars I have. So that that's kinda what happens there. You think about hotel rooms. If it's booked every night, then that hotelier is gonna say, you know what? I need to increase how much I'm charging. You know, or, or even at your job, I tell people that are self-employed, if they're charging a certain amount, they say, oh, gosh, I just can't keep up. I've got twice as much demand for what I do than I can. Then I have hours in a day. And I say, well, I got news for you. You're not charging enough. Right. But I'll lose some clients. Well, yes, exactly. If you increase your rate 50% and half your clients drop off and now you're at full capacity, but making 50% more, I mean, that's what probably what you should do because you only have a certain capacity. So that's the supply. So that's how supply works. I mean, when supply is limited, prices will raise until there's an equilibrium where you have the supply and demand connect and they, they're the same, but that sameness is gonna be at a higher price point. And that could be, again, for labor, it could be for what we buy, what we consume anything. And that's, that's why we should expect, because I keep hearing supply chain disruptions and they're going to come back again, that expect prices to continue to rise even more than they have already.
1: We're talking about current events with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs here on Growing Your Wealth. Glad you could join us again this week. Let's talk about interest rates. Brian, do you see interest rates hanging pretty much where they are right now through the fall?
2: Um, Yeah, interest rates, I do not expect, and this is aside from inflation, interest rates and inflation are two different things. Interest rates, I just don't see changing all that much because of the, again, it's a supply and demand. Here we have the supply of available cash has never been so high globally. There's a massive amount of uninvested cash looking for a safe home for some return and a safe home for some return could be 10-year treasuries. It could be mortgage-backed securities, you know, that kind of thing. So that keeps the interest rates down because there's so much money. If we had a, a low cash supply out there, then it's a whole different story. But we have a huge supply. So when you have high supply relative to the demand for borrowing that money, the rates are gonna be low as a result of that. Again, this is opposite as to what's happening with inflation. And so that's probably I'm glad we're talking about this because we just did a supply demand analysis of inflation. Right. Telling me that we're going to have more of that and interest rates telling me they can stay low because they're two different things. And too often we hear on the news or whatever, uh, non-economists or even economists sometimes, depending on their political leaning will make statements that combine the two as if they're they're one and the same and they certainly are not and we're seeing that in front of our very own eyes right now where inflation's running rampant and interest rates are very stable and low
1: And Brian, I've seen prices increase at the supermarket, everything from McDonald's to fine dining, certainly at the gas pump, too. So inflation, I mean, they're reporting this six, seven percent, but I think it's even more than that. And if I'm hearing you correctly, Brian, you're basically forecasting that we're going to be even seeing possibly higher inflation rates throughout the end of the year.
2: Oh, yeah. I've been talking about that for months on this show that uh, it's been underreported and I stand by that. And I've been right so far. And that as we can, it's just it's nothing special. It's, you know, economics 101 supply demand curve. If we're limiting supply and and demand's constant or growing in this case and prices go up and it's not across the board. Not everything goes up at the same rate. Lumber went up a lot more than. Uh, even gas did. Gas went way up too. But uh, uh, maybe bread didn't. I you know I don't know. But well, actually, I was talking to a farmer uh, recently. He's thinking about selling a uh, four thousand acres, and he said, "Oh, commodity prices are all time high right now." I don't think I even want to sell. I'm like, "Huh?" I did not know that. You know, it was lentils or something like that. And I was like, "Lentils, all right? Lentils are all time high." I don't get lentil today uh, publication or, or lentil's <laughs> <Yeah>. lentil's <laughs> uh, digest, websites, yeah, <laughs> lentil's digest or anything like that. But okay, lentils are all time high. Great for you, and and so that's just. Interesting that different parts of the economy are going to have different pricing structures and increases and so forth. But I certainly see inflation back, which, of course, uh, speaks to financial planning and building in inflationary protections within the plan so that you can account for that uh, long term. Because that could that could eat away your your money uh, quicker than anything.
1: Brian, you talked about building inflation into the plan. I know that you do that. But do you account for such wild swings in inflation like this?
2: You know, I don't really count for the wild swings. I just know that stuff happens. Right, Markets drop, markets grow, real estate, same thing. Uh, inflation's here, it's not here. You know, I have to account for all of that stuff. So certainly just a uh, an example. So let's say that you're looking at fixed index annuities and you're looking at the ones that pay you lifetime cash flow. Okay, I'm going to protect against downside risk and I'm going to have cash flow for life as long as I live. It's essentially like buying a pension. Well, most people that put, insurance people that put someone into a fixed index annuity, lifetime cash flow, most of them that are sold have a flat payout. So the check you get at age 65 is going to be the same check you get at age 85. And so no accounting for inflation. I don't tend to use those very often. There's a couple of products out there that have increases over your entire lifetime to offset potential inflation. And so I've always used those much heavier, you know, 10 to one over the other one. Sometimes, you know, if you want more money now, you'd use a flat payout knowing you're going to have more in your 60s and your 80s but you just you just want that you're not as concerned about inflation but I always typically am concerned about inflation so I would use the annuity that acts like a pension but has a cost of living adjustment uh, component uh, essentially in comparison and so you're you're looking at increasing lifetime cash flow for as long as you live now that's a combative thing to inflationary pet pressures or, you know, even, you know, you're probably not going to get there with bonds. If we have inflation or increase in interest rates, you're going to lose money on bonds. They don't pay much anyway. So I might look at other avenues. Again, I certainly like the fixed, fixed index annuities, fixed index universal life, uh, real estate for the rents that it can receive, whether it's active or passive real estate, private non-traded REITs or Delaware statutory Trust, whatever the case may be. But all of these asset classes can be used in combination with the more standard investment areas to provide for some protection against inflation.
1: Brian, let's uh, switch really quick to real estate. What's your take on that? I have been reading that the real estate market is beginning to cool in some parts of the country. What are you seeing?
2: Yeah, that, this is back to our how to lie with statistics sometimes because you, you can make any case you want. Uh, so yeah, real estate markets cooling. That could mean that last year the prices went up 20% and this year they're going up 10 Well, that's cooling. That's a lower rate of increase in the prior year. That's still a hot market. So yeah. I can make the case that real estate market is one of the hottest it's been in decades. At the same time, I could say real estate market is cooling and it's dropping. Well, it, the percentage gains is dropping but that doesn't mean it's negative. So I can make any case, you know, the old joke, you know, when you ask a CPA, what's two plus two and and they'll say, well, I don't know, what do you want it to be? Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like, you, you, I, I, I can make a case for anything if I wanted to. And. And so you be careful when people say stuff like that. Oh, real estate's dropping. No, cooling. Cooling being the rate of increase is decreasing. I've heard politicians say that they cut taxes or they cut spending or something. Because last year it was an 8% increase and it's been that. And this year it's a 7 So they cut spending. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, it went up seven. You did not cut anything. Well, we cut the rate of spending from prior. Oh, all right. Well, mm-hmm. say that then, you know, it's, it's all how you, you package it.
1: That's Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. Glad you could join us again this week. Once again, if you have at least $500,000 or more to invest and you're looking to hire a new financial advisor, contact Madrona Financial Services to get your complimentary, no cost, no obligation financial plan. Call 844-MADRONA or request it online at madronafinancial.com. Brian, time for a break. When we come back, we'll be talking about how the Biden administration's proposed tax changes could affect your estate plan. All that and more when our show continues right after this.
0: Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals.
1: When you're researching something, weeding through all the available information can be daunting, especially when it concerns your retirement. What you want is a thorough analysis from an expert. Good news. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services has done that for you in his recently published ebook series, Inside Retirement Investing, Volumes 1, 2, and 3. You can get your free copy by calling 844-MADRONA today or visit madronafinancial.com to download your free copy. The Inside Retirement Investing eBook series covers everything from the basics of retirement planning to investing to taxes and so much more. Call now to secure your free copy 844-MADRONA. Madrona Madrona Financial Services provides a one-stop integrated approach to retirement planning Schedule a complimentary no-obligation financial review to get on the path to achieving your retirement goals and get your free copy of the Inside Retirement Investing eBooks by calling 844-MADRONA or by visiting madronafinancial.com. If the fuel gauge in your car was broken, would you know how far you could drive before running out of gas? You know, not knowing how long your money will last in retirement is a lot like driving a car with a broken fuel gauge. You just don't know how far you can go. At Madrona Financial Services, we want you to know that there's no need to live with the stress of uncertainty. At Madrona Financial, we have insurance-based solutions that can guarantee lifetime income, protect you from market losses, and even provide for your loved ones. And as a CPA and personal financial specialist, we scrutinize every product we offer. If you want to learn how to create a secure lifetime income stream, protect your money from market losses, provide for your loved ones, and potentially reduce your tax burden, schedule your complimentary meeting today. Call 844-MADRONA or visit us at madronafinancial.com. We'll arrange a meeting at one of our three convenient locations or conduct a virtual meeting if that works better for you. Take control of your financial future. Call 844-MADRONA. Or visit us online at madronafinancial.com.
0: Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back
2: to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about President Biden's proposals and estate planning.
1: And Brian, wealthy individuals could see up to a 61% tax increase under President Biden's proposed plan. So whether or not you'll be affected depends on how much money that you're going to pass down and what kind of assets that you have. No matter your situation, of course, you should have an estate plan that reflects your worries and works to minimize taxes. So Brian, Expand a little bit on what President Biden's proposals are and how those could affect passing money down. Yeah,
2: the big one uh, we'll talk about first is step up in basis, the elimination of that for most people, meaning that if you want to inherit assets from the older generation, your parents or grandparents, that it's very likely that you're going to have to sell the asset. So you, you want to inherit a house and move into it. You're not going to be able to under the new proposals for many people. They'll be forced to sell it. In fact, not only will you be forced to sell it, but the capital gains rate is going to double to roughly uh, 43%. And so it used to be that you could pass assets down when you passed away and not pay a tax, not force the sale of the assets to pay the tax. Now the tax could be 43%, and that's only the first wave of the tax. Mm -hmm. You think, well, 43, that seems like a lot, but okay oh, how about another half again on what's left for a state tax? You're like, what? You know, and so, oh, and then you might have the state of Washington excise tax that they're passing. It's unconstitutional in my opinion, but that's being passed. So, you know, you might get to a point where you pass away and you worked, you know, your whole life to build up assets, to take care of kids and grandkids generationally. And you might only be passing down a quarter of what you have because three quarters gotta go to the government. And so this is real. I've been talking to people about there, like I had no idea. I thought it was just the rich. I mean, well, they're going to carve out a $250,000 exemption on your house. Well, I mean, okay, people with houses worth more than $250,000. I, I don't think most people listening would consider that person necessarily rich. No, that's just, you, you have a mobile home and you're considered rich under these proposals. So the proposals are wide ranging. There's three in particular the elimination of the step up in basis and the huge increase in capital gains and those on top of each other and then you got the state of washington tax also and then also the elimination of section 1031 exchanges so that people can't really retire from being a landlord if they want to get out of real estate which probably wouldn't matter anyway if we don't have a step up in basis there's nothing to pass down to the next generation not much left to pass down to the next generations anyway under these proposals it's basically just saying we're going to change the fabric of what we are as an economic system it used to be capitalism and at this point it would be well governmental transfer at, at, upon deaths that the government would commandeer more than half to three quarters of estates every time someone passes away up to those amounts until basically the assets have transferred out of the hands of people and entrepreneurs and and so forth and into the hands of the government to pay for these massive programs i don't envision any of this money paying down the debt Mm -hmm. all of it will be paid on new programs that they come up with so it's just a it is a robin hood economy i guess maybe that's what we'll term it now the robin hood economy Mm -hmm. is take from people that have stuff so we can figure out ways to spend it on our own you know there's there's a certain amount of that that has to happen but i think that what's happening now is just draconian i mean it's it's literally between the estate tax and the capital gains tax the highest it's ever been is the proposal the highest ever uh, maybe it's with the exception of the 94 percent bracket for those couple of years after world war ii that would be the exception but other than that it's the highest combination of taxes ever proposed and so this is a fundamental shift in the economy of the united states that we have never seen because even that other you know, World War II thing was temporary. Right. We have never seen anything like this. This is meant to be permanent, that we will now have a permanent structure where we don't encourage entrepreneurialism at a high level because you don't get to keep the assets. Uh, you don't get to c- take care of those kids and grandkids. You don't get to take care of any of this stuff uh, upon your passing, even charities. Uh, you, you're going to get nailed and they're going to take that money. So here's my little soapbox right now. Uh, you can tell I'm, I'm trying to be... A- <laughs> Just say what it is, but sure. i having a little trouble here, Jeff, maintaining no. my lack of opinions on that.
1: I think people appreciate that you're a straight shooter here, and I think most people, including myself, would agree with what you're saying. You talked about the capital gains. The plan would raise the top rate of capital gains to 40.8%. Brian, we have been told that these tax increases will only be for the rich people making $400,000 or more. But I have a feeling that that is not the case, is it?
2: That is not the case, it's a hidden tax. Step up in basis means that you gotta sell assets that you inherit regardless of your income. That doesn't, that's not even part of the equation. And so they're not telling you the truth when they say, oh, this only affects certain people. No, no, not at all. Capital gains and all these other things, and and think about it generationally. If you take, say, you pull, uh, you know, five trillion dollars out of the hands of entrepreneurs and spend it on new programs, that five trillion dollars, what do you what do you suppose entrepreneurs across the United States would do with five trillion dollars? Reinvesting in their business, research and development, employees, and so forth. I mean, that's an enormous long term, multi generational equation, and to take that money out of that equation to put it into one time expenditures because somebody has a pet project they wanna fund or whatever and all that. So you know, I would totally be for this uh, if I were, I didn't make a lot of money, I wasn't ever gonna inherit money and I didn't have kids and I don't care about the next generation, then right. yeah, tax the heck out of the rich, to 100%, 102%. <laughs> Just take everything they have and move them into the projects. Yeah, I'd be all for that I suppose. I wouldn't, but I'm just saying that facetiously. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that people have to consider is the damage this is going to do economically. Again, you know, Congress people aren't voted for their grades in economics classes, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> but what this is going to do generationally to our kids and grandkids to just take away the incentive of, an, of entrepreneurs and frankly their fuel for their capital to create those jobs what that's going to do is just devastating long term but of course you know most people in Congress and like, well I won't be elected i I, I want to look good now and mm-hmm. so let me spend it now i'll take it now and I won't really worry about the future that I don't hear anybody talking about the future nobody talks about the national debt that we've saddled next generations nobody talks about any of this stuff so I'm glad we can talk about it here to some degree I right. wish we had more oomph to do something about it.
1: Well, the proposed uh, combined tax rate would be the highest in almost a century, according to the tax policy research group. So not good news there. So Brian, how can you help people if we see some of these tax changes come to light?
2: There are still things that we we can do. And certainly we have these proposals. I don't know if they're going to pass. And even if they pass in four years, we might have a completely new administration. Uh, Often the administration switches when you have what we have now, uh, especially with some of the challenges uh, party and control is having right now so that we can see a switch. We can see things go back to where they are. They could, you know, tax laws are gonna change. They keep moving the goalposts as I call it. And we account for that. We make adjustments for that. There are still things we can do. We can still create tax-free cash flow in retirement using FIULs or get money out of your state so it's not taxable through uh, trusts, irrevocable life insurance trusts or other kinds of vehicles. There are still things that can be done. There still is 1031 uh, exchanges. They haven't taken that away. They won't completely strip that. They might limit it to a million for a married couple. We'll see what happens there. But credit, shelter, trust, provisions. You're well, there's still a lot of stuff, and that's you know, that's what we talk about on the show is the big picture, not just, hey, should you buy uh, tech stocks or energy stocks? And we don't talk about that on this show. We talk about the intricacies and in the combination of the tax planning with estate, legacy, charitable gifting, business, real estate, stocks, annuities, life insurance, how they all interplay and react together. That's what we're trying to accomplish on this show.
1: Brian, I saw a question uh, basically that came in to us. We do get a lot of questions. We'll answer some of those later on in the program. But nevertheless, this was a person who had inherited a house from their mother and they were worried about the taxation on that house. And she was wondering what would happen if she were to move into her mother's house and live in it for a while. Would that affect the taxation on that house if she didn't sell it, but rather moved into it?
2: Well, if her mother already passed away and, then, uh, and still owned the house at the date of her passing, then they did receive the step-up in basis under current rules. And there is no tax to be paid when that house is sold, so it doesn't need to be sold. And now the daughter could move into it and make it their own principal residence. They don't have to. So that that is not a forced sale. And what I'm talking about, these real changes are there would be because there's a big tax bill due. And, well, I don't have any money. I have this house. Well, guess where you're going to get the money? I got to sell the house? I was going to move into my mom's house. Nope. You got to sell it. And so that's what I'm talking about. It's like, wow, I had no idea that affected me in that way. But currently, now, one of the things that could have gone wrong, though, is to avoid probate. The mother deeded it to the daughter a week before she died. Now we got a problem. Now the daughter owns the house and all the gains because the gift tax basis transferred over. Whatever mom paid for that house, now the daughter did. And there's no step up because mom didn't own it when she died. So. These are the reasons why we want to consult with somebody for you. Oh, I think I'm going to do my own estate tax planning. I'm going to simplify my probate. or I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Might want to run that by someone that in the know because uh, you might cost yourself hundreds of thousands of dollars just trying to make a decision you thought was helpful. but ended up not being so.
1: In this case, the mother died intestate; She didn't have a will. So that's going to further complicate things as well, too. And the reason I asked that question is because you were talking about estate taxes. Uh, you know, you were talking about taxes going up, the 1031 exchange possibly going away as well, too, and the step up in basis. So, yeah, things could be uh, changing and not for the better. Would you say that because some of these things are on the chopping block? And we've asked this question before, but I'll ask it again because people may not listen every week you think now is the time to go ahead and sell uh, real estate, uh, you know, being that some of these changes uh, could be happening soon?
2: Well, that's a good question. I'll I'll circle back to another thing you said in a second here, but that's a great question. If you planned on selling investment real estate in the next year or two, uh, then I would suggest you probably sell it before the end of the year. If you plan on doing a section 1031 exchange, because it may not be around next year. So if you were going to sell anyway and do it 1031, do it now while you still can, If you weren't going to sell, I I wouldn't necessarily sell just for that reason. If you're going to hold it long-term, hold it long-term. And, you know, again, we might have a different administration down the road. But you did bring us something else, dying intestate. All the things we are talking about, the planning opportunities and so forth, are not as important as having a will or living trust Mm -hmm. that's relatively current. Because you know, you worked hard for your money and, and your assets, you wanna provide for other generations properly. That's fine and we can implement some of these things to help with that. But if you don't leave it to where you want to in the right way and you give money to kids that shouldn't have it and you should have it in trust instead, or you wanna talk about strategies whether charitable gifting strategy, the legacy strategies for your kids or grandkids, cash flow for them, uh, growth, uh, all that stuff, tax stuff uh, related to that. That's probably even more important that you get your ducks in a row with a proper will, revocable living trust, uh, find an attorney that will help you with those things, uh, healthcare directives, all these kinds of things that you need. That's step one. And then we can start putting together a financial plan that looks at all the other pieces and start piecing that out and making a good solution for
1: that. That's Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs right here in the greater Seattle area. Once again, if you have at least $500,000 to invest and you're looking to hire a new financial advisor, contact Madrona Financial to get your complimentary no cost, no obligation financial plan. Call 844-MADRONA or of course, you can request it online by visiting madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. Time for a break, Brian, when we come back. You know, Bill and Melinda Gates got a divorce. Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie did. And I'm sure that a lot of our listeners have gotten them too. We're going to be talking about money and divorce when Growing Your Wealth continues
0: right after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. This is Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services
2: and Bauer Evans CPA and host of the Growing Your Wealth radio show. If you're close to or in retirement and don't have a tax plan, get one. It could mean hundreds of thousands of dollars throughout your retirement. Our country has been spending like never before and that tax bill is coming. At Madrona Financial Services, we help build tax strategies into retirement and investment plans designed for you to help keep more of your gains. Take action and call us at 844-MADRONA to schedule a retirement tax analysis today. That's 844-MADRONA. After World War II, taxes reached 90% and were as high as 70% in the 80s. Don't be caught off guard. You can retire right and on your terms. Call to schedule a virtual or in-person review. Our number is 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com.
1: If taxes are keeping you from selling your highly-appreciated income property, Jonah Financial Services has an exciting offer for commercial real estate owners. We have a team that's solely dedicated to helping real estate investors defer the taxes on the sale of their highly-appreciated income property with a Delaware Statutory Trust. A DST qualifies as a 1031 like-kind exchange, so you can potentially defer your gains and reinvest them in income-producing commercial properties. And best of all, you can invest in a DST without any of the hassles or responsibilities of being a landlord or property manager When you work with Madrona Financial Services, you'll be working with a team of CPAs and investment advisors with extensive DST experience. Now, you have the freedom to sell your highly appreciated income property, still enjoy the benefits of investing in real estate, and potentially defer the taxes on your income property with a 1031 exchange. Learn more at 844-MADRONA or visit us at madrona1031.com.
0: Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer
2: Evans CPAs. and this segment, we're going to be talking about the financial implications of divorce.
1: And Brian, you know, Bill and Melinda Gates recently finalized their divorce. While anyone's divorce can be messy from a personal and financial standpoint, the Gates have billions of dollars between them. I mean, Bill recently transferred another $2 billion worth of stocks to Melinda. But for those who get divorced later in life and have accumulated more assets, the legal and financial aspects certainly can be complex. If you're divorced or are in the process of getting divorced, know how it can affect your retirement and estate plan. And Brian, we know that divorce can be an extremely emotional issue. So we're going to take that out of it right now and just talk about the basic financial facts. Brian, talk a little bit about how divorce can have negative financial impacts on both parties.
2: Yeah. Well, certainly the the first one is you're going from one household to two households. So uh, initially there's less money to spread around because uh, less income because there's more outflow. And so that can be pretty devastating, especially when you think about somebody getting divorced and they were living kind of paycheck to paycheck. And then you throw a divorce in there and all of a sudden, oh, wait a second, our expenses just went up and we were paycheck to paycheck what now we're now we're, we don't have enough between us and that's where it could get pretty combative as to who gets what cash flow and so you know it, it may be that the higher wage earner is required to give up half of what they earn and pay alimony or something like that and the alimony's not even tax deductible anymore right And so there's a big thing. So now it's okay I, I made 100 grand and I paid 50 in alimony so I get 50, right? Well, no. You're gonna pay taxes on the 100 grand, what? But I didn't get 50 of it. Well, yeah, well, there, you know, your spouse gets 50,000 net of tax and you pay your tax and her tax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oops, I didn't do, make that calculation going through this divorce. And now I've got 35,000 a year to live on. I used to, I can't even afford an apartment on that. I got to sleep on my buddy's couch. You know, so there could be a lot of implications. Just, I mean, that's just the first thing that came to my head was just the different tax treatment of the income versus the alimony paid out.
1: And the other thing, Brian, is if there are children involved, often there is child support to be paid. How is that taxed?
2: Again, non deductible. So if you're not paying attention to the taxes, here we got a situation, all right, you were making a hundred grand and you were the only wage earner and alimony's fifty and child support's ten more, now you got forty and you gotta pay tax on the hundred, so now you're down to twenty five thousand to live on. You can't even afford anything at that point. So now Uh, you devastated yourself financially because you had a misalignment. I mean, your your spouse might net 50,000, you're netting 25 under this arrangement. And so that could be pretty devastating. So you have to consider that. How are you going to live with that uh, secondary household and the tax implications, which have changed recently? It used to be alimony was always tax deductible, but that's just not the case anymore.
1: Brian, let's talk about Social Security. When uh, you are divorced, you're still entitled to a spousal benefit, even if you're divorced and not remarried. Is that the way that works?
2: Yeah, yeah. If you were married for 10 years, certainly you get special treatment on Social Security. Even if your ex-spouse passes away, you can get their Social Security or a a fraction of their Social Security at their higher level, if it's a higher level, if you were married 10 years. So there are special rules for divorce as it relates to Social Security. So that may or may not be part of your planning process.
1: And Brian, let's talk about the assets that have been accumulated during the course of a marriage. Now, I know that people are listening to this program primarily in Washington state, but we do have listeners in other states and other parts of the world. How does uh, the state of Washington deal with assets? Is this a community property state?
2: Yes, it is a community property state. So generally we're considered one person. And so everything that has ever been earned, you know, you got one spouse that earned 200,000 a year for the last 20 years and the other spouse raised the kids. It's as if each one of you made a hundred grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all your assets or they're commingled uh, unless you have separate property, which is kind of hard to do in the state of Washington, unless you have that like in a trust or something like that, basically everything you have is considered 50, 50. Uh, all the incomes considered 50, 50, it's very different here. We're one of nine community property States. There's 41 common law States. I'd have a different discussion about, but certainly in this state, that's, that's the case. And the other thing to consider, I really want to talk about here is the difference in tax treatment of different assets. So let's say you had a million dollars of assets and you had IRA account and a house and some cash. Well, I want the house and the cash because the IRA hasn't, no one's paid tax on that yet. And so someone's gonna pay tax on that someday. You can do what's called a qualified domestic relations order, a quadro, and transfer without paying the tax immediately, but someone's gonna pay tax on those IRA funds. So that asset is not worth as much. 100,000 of IRA is not worth as much as 100,000 cash. Depending on your tax bracket, that 100,000 IRA might be worth $78,000 net of tax. So now, oh yeah, it's not just splitting up the assets. Now, the the other piece that I want to talk about is valuation of assets. I have often been involved in trying to figure a split out before. And one spouse will say, well, that asset, she's taken that or he's taking that. It's worth $200,000. And the other spouse says, well, no, it's not. Oh, yeah, it's worth two hundred. dollars Put on down as that. And I say, would you buy it for two hundred? Well, heck no, it's not worth that. Oh. Did I say those words out loud? You know, mm-hmm. It's like, okay, not all assets can be looked at and valued the same, but you, know, you get 10 people in a room and say, okay, how much is this business worth? I guarantee you, I will have 10 different answers from 10 certified appraisers on what the value of that business is.
1: Brian, let's talk about retirement plans. Uh, is it possible that you could get divorced, then get remarried, but your ex-spouse is the default beneficiary of your retirement account?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Beneficiary forms on a retirement account override wills or anything. You can have your will say, oh, no, I'm going to leave everything to my new spouse. Well, too bad. So sad. If your former spouse is the beneficiary on your 401k or IRAs, that's going to override. So make sure you take a look at your beneficiary designations uh, in that case and things are going where you, you want them to go. There's also can be provisions for pensions. I mean, pensions can be split in divorce where somebody's working for a long time somewhere, they have a pension. Well, that may get split in some methodology there. And so there's a lot of of things to look at there. I might have identified a few things, people go, yeah, I never thought about that before, yeah. Everything has a different tax basis and tax treatment. It's not just, you get half a million, I get a half a million, you know, it's it's not that simple. And, and the income, oh, it's not like we have the same taxable income, it, it could have a huge adjustment because payments from one to the other aren't tax deductible anymore.
1: Brian, you've helped a lot of people here with their estate planning, their legacy, and that sort of thing. And I'm sure that many of them have gone through a divorce. Do you have a story of maybe somebody who did not cross the T's, dot the I's when it came to divorce, maybe passed away, and maybe the assets didn't go where they wanted them to go?
2: Oh, yeah. And, and, and that's why we just talked about in the last segment about having a, an updated will or living trust being the first cornerstone of any financial planning because you know we're all gonna die someday and we have assets so if you don't care where they go and then okay don't bother with it (laughs) you don't care about anybody after you uh, then okay but pretty much everybody listening cares and wants their lifetime assets to go to the places they want to go the people they want to go to and and not burden the next generation so you know more than they have to so yeah no I'd say that's really a cornerstone it's one of the few things we don't do at Madrona Financial we're not a bank where we don't list real estate for sale and we're not attorneys we don't draft legal documents so these are three things that we work with real estate agents we work with banks we work with attorneys to get the proper result and have discussions about what trust provisions should be in the will or living trust etc But that is something we would refer out or work with your attorney also. Another thing at Madrona Financial I did want to mention, we do have our sister firm, Bauer Evans CPAs. And we certainly can turn to the CPAs there for tax planning and and so forth. But if you have a CPA, we are not going to ask you to switch. Uh, That is just fine. Great. If you have a good CPA, keep them. And we work really well with other CPAs because we speak that language. It's a foreign language sometimes. And so we speak code section. We, We understand it and we can work exceedingly well with other CPAs.
1: That's Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And we've been talking about how divorce can affect your finances. If you have at least $500,000 to invest, you're looking to hire a new financial advisor who does understand things like gray divorce and how it affects your finances, contact Madrona Financial to get your complimentary, no cost, no obligation plan. Call 844-MADRONA or request it online by going to madronafinancial.com. Time for a break. When we come back, Brian, we're going to answer listener questions and
0: more when our show continues after this. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Time for today's edition of Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial. Here's Brian Evans. I've
2: recently been talking about a new strategy that allows people to build up cash in a life insurance policy and take it out tax-free in retirement, but also use the advantage of low interest rates we have right now to supercharge that and have some bank financing, some leverage associated with that. It's a very unique point in time where we have historically low interest rates. I suspect they'll be low for a while. That's why the 10-year treasury is trading so low. And to have tax-free income potential from a strategy. This strategy does not appear to be on the chopping blocks of any of the candidates. So it's something I think will be around so that we can have this income tax cash flow in our retirement. And the use of leverage when interest rates are so low and that's why I haven't talked about it before but with interest rates so low we've got the perfect storm of all the things we need to take advantage of this product and use the leverage who is it for it's for people that are under age 55 and also it's for people that make over a hundred thousand a year it used to be you had to have a very high net worth to do these now you don't you just need to be making at least a hundred thousand a year so if you work at a place and you make more than a couple hundred grand a year or uh, over a hundred thousand a year then you're gonna wanna take a look at this. If you're a benefits administrator at a place with higher paid people there, definitely wanna look at this. This could be a check the box thing to allow for them to put more money away for their retirement outside of their 401k and make it income tax
0: free permanently. And that was Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, Madrona Financial, investments, retirement, taxes, and legacy, madronafinancial.com.
1: Get your free copy of Brian's latest book, The Complete Book of Retirement. It covers everything from the basics of retirement planning to passive real estate investing. Arm yourself with information and take control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for your free copy or visit madronafinancial.com.
0: Welcome back to the show.
2: I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to answer listener questions.
1: And Brian, we do get questions every week here in the program. If you have a question for us you'd like us to answer on the air, you can send it in to us by visiting our website, which is madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. Our first question this week, Brian, is from Sharon, who's listening to us in Gig Harbor. And she writes, Brian, I'd be interested in hearing about long-term care options for women without children or close family to help them. Can you help?
2: Yeah, we can with that. You know, it's been a very interesting year in the long-term care world in that the state of Washington, Governor Inslee has passed this weird little tax on all wages that most of my clients, if they pay in this tax uh, during their lifetime, will receive zero benefit. It's, it's created that way. It's, it's strictly a fundraising kind of thing for the state of Washington just to defer some of their Medicaid costs they incur but uh, aside from that you can opt out by buying a long-term care insurance policy this plan is so poorly put together that virtually every long-term care provider in the country has pulled out of washington state are not even offering long-term care anymore there are a couple of ways you can still get it. It's getting tough. So just a word to the wise that, okay, I'll just go out and buy some. Well, uh, we got supply chain dis- disruption because no insurance company wants to insure the state of Washington with these, these all these policies. They've just been inundated with people trying to opt out of this horrific uh, long-term care plan that our state has managed to put together. So, you know, it's really a mess. But yes, there are asset based long term care plans potentially still available. I say that and tomorrow I'll get an email saying, nope, <laughs> they're out, too. So <laughs> I can't even state whether we we necessarily can help you. I, I know I have been able to in the past, but, you know, this this involves putting a chunk of money into the long term care. And then uh, if you don't use it, the chunk of money goes to your heirs, essentially. But if you do need it, uh, it will take care of some of your long term care costs.
1: Sharon, thanks for the question. Best advice would be to give an advisor a call here at Madrona Financial 844-MADRONA. Next question, Brian, is Ted in Mill Creek and he says, I listen to you every week. Get a lot out of the show. Thank you very much, Ted. Can you tell me more about holding assets in trusts versus estates? I'm interested in using this method to possibly preserve assets when they are inherited.
2: Yeah, so trusts, are a legal entity, and they can be used during your lifetime or at death. Now, a lot of people establish trusts within their will. They don't even set the trust up. It just says, "Well, when I die, then establish a trust in the name of my child, or a donor advised fund, or you know, some kind of charitable trust, or or some other kind of thing like that." But generally, it's it's to protect giving a lot of assets to somebody that doesn't know how to handle assets that well. So you might put money into trust. And that person might receive the income from that trust for a period of time or something of that nature. And so they can be very useful. Uh, that would be one at death. You can establish trust during your lifetime. That's generally done to reduce potential estate taxes by getting money out of your estate. But one of the things about setting up a trust is there are no take backs. When you put money into an irrevocable trust, you have given up that asset. You don't get to go, eh, I changed my mind. I don't like my kids anymore. I'm going to take this money back. Well, it's it's kind of spoken for now. It's not your money to take back. You might make decisions related to managing it, but it's money that's out of your estate.
1: Ted thanks for that question and again thanks for listening to us every week in Mill Creek. Brian next question is Michael who listens to us in Olympia and he says Brian what are some cash withdrawal strategies for the go-go years the early 60s should I take money from pre-tax or retail accounts what do you think?
2: Oh that's a loaded question I don't know your tax bracket Michael that's very important for me to know before I can answer that Uh, it might be one or the other or both. Now, one of the things that I do help with people, because they might have come to me maybe a little bit close to their retirement. And we've got some strategies built in that take some time to get to where they're going to be, to where they're providing cash flow. And maybe you've taken Social Security later and annuities are going to click in later. And you got some real estate income now and not much else. So you're probably very often in your 60s when you retire like that, you are going to take money out of the principal of your investments for 40- period of time until the other stuff has had time to mature and you're getting your social security you know you're in your spouse's social security checks your pensions your annuities and all that stuff well maybe you figure well in five more years you know you might be saying oh, okay my cash flow my mailbox money is going to be 120,000 000 a year but until then it's not even close to that so for a period of time if you have the assets you might consider you know you're going to have a plan for taking some out of principal for a time period and then once that other stuff kicks in, you don't have to invade your principal anymore.
1: Michael, thanks for that question. And thanks for listening. Our next question is Adrian, who listens to us in Redmond. And he says, Brian, I have two daughters, age 32 and 34. They are budding professionals. What words of wisdom would you pass on to young people in that age range?
2: Well, first off, if you're going to be uh, in a particular area for a period of time, I would certainly consider buying a house because in my lifetime, I've seen house prices go up and not much else. And you're going to have to have a place to live someday. Now, if you're bouncing around different cities, don't buy a house. Uh, the closing costs will nip you. So the right. first thing is kind of considering your housing strategy. The next thing, you know, take advantage of any free money in the 401k plan at work. Definitely take that. And do consider putting all of your contributions into the Roth 401k option because certainly your stock market investment is going to grow over time. All of those that growth will be income tax-free for the rest of your life. And so that's a huge thing to take advantage of. The other thing would be uh, you might consider a fixed index universal life policy. I believe income tax rates are going to be much higher in the future than they are today. So that's a way to provide for the compounding effect of uh, investing in life insurance where you uh, pay yourself your own premiums monthly in retirement, and all of those would be income tax free. So if you had a, a nice uh, base of Tax-free Roth, tax-free fixed universal life and a place to live, I, I'd say those are my top three for somebody younger like that that, that can afford to put something away.
1: And Adrian, I'm going to throw my two cents worth, and that may be what it's worth, but spend less than you make. When your income goes up, <laughs> keep your standard of living the same and put some money away. Pay yourself first. Adrian, thanks so much for that question. And thank you for listening. If you have a question for us, you'd like us to answer on the air again, send it into madronafinancial.com. That's the website you can go to and click on the email link right there, madronafinancial.com. Brian, out of time for this week. Thank you so much for your time. I want to thank our listeners for their time get out there have a great weekend won't you we'll talk to you again next week with another edition of growing your wealth at madrona financial services we believe you should never worry about running out of money in retirement retirement should be spent doing what you love with the people you love the cpas and financial advisors at madrona financial services want you to know that with proper financial planning that's exactly what you can have their goal is to do everything they can to help you achieve a financially secure future. They have many tools and ways to help you reach your retirement goals, from guaranteed lifetime income streams and protection against market losses to alternative real estate investments and strategies to minimize your taxes. With a Madrona bundle of services, they have everything you'll need to plan for retirement under one roof. So schedule your complimentary meeting today and get back to enjoying your retirement call 844-MADRONA or visit madronafinancial.com. They'll arrange a meeting at one of their three convenient locations or conduct a virtual meeting if that works better for you. Take control of your financial future at madronafinancial.com.
2: When you need something important done around the house, you call a professional. Why is it when it comes to retirement investments, most people don't know what theirs is built on or even if it's right for them? Take the time to have the right professionals help you keep it and grow it. Find a better way at Madrona Financial Services and bring everything together. Call Madrona Financial Services today for your free retirement readiness review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com.
1: That's madronafinancial.com. Inflation frustration. You probably don't know what that means, but if you bought a gallon of milk for $1.50 in 1975 and you just went to the store to pay more than double that today, well, I hate to break it to you, but you're experiencing inflation frustration. One of the most important things to plan for, especially in retirement, is inflation. It can happen while you're not paying attention and seriously damage your buying power and longevity of funds. If your investment strategy isn't dealing with inflation frustration, then you're putting yourself at risk. Madrona Financial Services designs retirement plans that take things like inflation, future health care expenses, and exposure to unnecessary risk into account when creating unique retirement plans. Call Madrona Financial Services right now for something that's not impacted by inflation. A free financial review with no obligation. Call 844-MADRONA, 844-MADRONA, or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com.